0: It's another edition of the Boilers Extra Podcast, post-game edition, after Purdue's 27 to 20 loss to Northwestern Saturday evening, Saturday night at a sometimes rainy Ross Aid stadium. And let's just get this out of the way right now. 886 people showed up, according to the attendance figure. No, that's not what I was gonna say. Let's get this out of the way right now. Northwestern is a better team than Purdue and a better program than Purdue is right now. You know, I don't think that's earth-shattering, but Northwestern, this was not a game, as this thing played out, this was not a game that Purdue should have won. I don't see a scenario out there. Yeah, maybe if Aiden O'Connell doesn't fumble in the third quarter. But Purdue couldn't move the ball. Purdue couldn't run the ball. They didn't throw the ball to anybody but David Bell. And then when they did in the second half, things did open up a little bit. But the inability to have a running game, a consistent running game, killed them from the start. I mean, Northwestern was better. They just were better than Purdue, and they have been better than Purdue over the last several years. Now Purdue did win that game last year uh, up at Evanston, but the difference, and I and I think I said this on the preview podcast, and I I know I wrote it. The difference was Peyton Ramsey, the quarterback. You know, he gives them a an offensive threat. He had a lot of time. Purdue didn't pressure him. They decided to rush three, uh, and they were, I think, afraid of his legs because he did burn them last year in the bucket game when he, he played at IU, and they probably were a little gun-shy of that to a fault. Uh, they gave him a lot of time. His receivers were able to, to work their routes and get open. And he had a he had a good game he was 23 at 36. he had the one interception that was a tip it was a high throw but it was still tipped 212 yards not overly great but three touchdowns. I believe he's accounted for eight eight touchdowns in two games against Purdue in the last two games when he's faced Purdue one at, one at Indiana one at Northwestern I believe that's correct if it's not, it's 7 or 8 or 9. Anyway, he, I thought he was a difference. I'm i am kind of rambling now, which I always do. But, you know, back to my bigger point was that Northwestern was just better tonight. And you could tell from the, the get-go that they were better. You know, their first scoring drive, 14 plays, 75 yards, 6 minutes. They converted third down after third down after third down. Uh, they got Purdue to jump on, on fourth down to get them – a little bit closer. Uh, they It looked like they were going to go for a field goal, but you know they took advantage of that mistake and scored seven. But you could tell just from the beginning that Northwestern was better. They were physical on the lines, which I think it was no surprise. Uh, and Purdue just could not do anything offensively in that first half. Yes, uh, they did get the touchdown to Garrett Miller, but um, they just struggled to run the ball. Let me give you this number here. 0.1. And that's not uh, Bluter's grade point average in Animal House, if I got that right. It's just a tick above. But that was Purdue's average uh, per rush tonight. 0.1. Purdue was credited with two net uh, rushing yards. Uh, now, you know, college football and high school football, they factor in sacks into that equation where the NFL does not. But anyway, it's not good. I mean, Purdue last year against Penn State had finished with minus 19 yards rushing because they were their quarterbacks were sacked 10 times. So and it's far away from the school record of, I think, minus 73 against Michigan State back in the 80s. But anyway, I mean, you could just tell from the get-go that Northwestern was better, and you know, I thought that I thought that was the case coming into the game uh, that they would be better on both lines of scrimmage, and they, they were. Uh, and then Peyton Ramsey would make enough plays at the quarterback position to to keep them ahead and keep them going, and he did. Uh, rarely does a game play out like that, where somebody actually thinks they're right about it. But, um, I mean, it's not really a surprise. You know, Purdue's offensive line has played well the first two games. You know, I'm going to give them credit for what they did against Iowa and Illinois, but they didn't play well tonight. And I, I think it was more of just Northwestern being better, being better at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Now, uh Purdue's defense did get more push in the second half, did play better. They ended up with – uh uh, I believe it was 11 tackles for loss. I think Lorenzo Neal really came on in the second half. So, you know, I think Purdue's defense, defensive line and defensive push kind of kept things from getting out of hand, uh, especially when it got to 24-10. to 10. So I think you credit the defense. I think they got off to a slow start with that first scoring drive. Uh, you know, kind of straightened themselves out a little bit. Uh, and then gave up another long scoring drive uh, close to the end of the first half the nine play 62 yard scoring drive that made it 17 to 10 after purdue had tied it um, and then um, the turnover in the third quarter put the defense in a bad position um, but then late, you know early in the fourth quarter northwestern was able to go up 27 to 13. After a field goal, that was a 14-play drive that uh, lasted six minutes. Um, They had uh, two drives that lasted, two scoring drives that lasted six minutes. uh, And the other ones did not go that long, uh, in part because they had shorter fields. But there's a couple key numbers that you got to look at. Number one is third down conversions. Northwestern was 7 of 18, which they were doing very well on first and second down put them in manageable third-down situations, uh, and then time of possession. Northwestern possessed the ball. Usually this is not a big deal to me. I don't really care about possession time. It's about scoring points and not giving up points. But they held the ball for 35 minutes, and Purdue only held it for basically 25 minutes. In the first quarter, the possession time was 10 minutes to 4. Uh, in the second quarter, it was 9 33 to 527. It started to even out in the second half, but they possessed the ball. They possessed the time. They kept Purdue's defense on the field. They they were running more plays than Purdue. They were converting third downs. Um, and their offense just did a good job behind Ramsey in the running game, and he spread the ball around. Didn't focus on one guy too much, uh, in part because they don't have you know, a David Bell type of receiver. They have good receivers, and I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce this guy's name that scored three touchdowns uh, in the game uh, tonight. Uh, I'm just not going to do it. But anyway, they did have a receiver catch three three touchdown passes uh, in the game. Uh, but, you know, I think he had one career TD coming into the game. So they spread the ball around. They do a good job. They play physical. They're they're a really good defensive team. Uh, they're opportunistic. Uh, you know, Purdue was able to score in the second half. The first time a team had done that against Northwestern in the first uh, in the first four games, uh, they had shut out their opponents in the second half uh, in the uh, in the first three games. But you know, Purdue was able to get some points on the board. You can tell It's late. I, I did yawn, so I apologize, but. You know, Purdue was able to get some points on the board against them, and you know Northwestern didn't have 300 total yards. Purdue didn't get get 300 total yards, so I think Purdue's defense did a, a better job as the game went on. You know, Northwestern probably got a little conservative just trying to protect the lead, but I, I thought Purdue's defense did make some plays as the game went on, and you know, and they were doing that without uh, George Karloftis, who didn't play, uh, Demarcus Mitchell, who did play but kind of had to hobble off a couple times after. Uh, getting getting nicked up. And, you know, I thought he had a good game. I thought Derek Barnes was really active uh, defensively tonight. And, as I said, Purdue did have 11 tackles for loss, but they didn't have a sack. And I think that eventually, you know, that that was one area that hurt them. Uh, and I'm not sure they, they came close to having a sack. Um, you know, maybe if George plays, they get one. Uh, you know, I don't know. But he had a lot of time back there to uh, – uh, to find his receivers, and he did a good job. Uh, but you know, I think there's some things that Purdue can take away defensively uh, to to hopefully help them as they they get into the second half of the season and still try to make something out of out of this year. Uh, you're sitting at two and one. You go to Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota, I know, just got its soul crushed by Iowa, but don't you know? Things are week to week in sports in football. Don't just because what something happened one week doesn't mean it'll happen the next. But offensively is where Purdue has some issues, just based on this game. And they they played a better opponent than they played the first two weeks. And I and I think Iowa has improved since week one, uh, but Illinois has not. Uh, and I think as I pointed out, Purdue played a, a more experienced quarterback in the first game or tonight in the third, in their third game as, as opposed to their first two games. And I think that that was a difference, but Purdue's all off, Purdue offensively, uh, you know, as we mentioned, and as you know, did not run the ball at all, only two yards rushing total. Uh, O'Connell became fixated on David Bell, which in mo- on most days is a good thing, but, You know, Northwestern really played him tight. They played him physical, just like they did last year. A lot of hand grabbing and holding and stuff like that. They're not going to call everything. They're just not. They got some defensive pass interference uh, penalties, but that can't be your main source of production, which I think uh, a few times O'Connell threw the ball up just thinking, oh, okay, we'll get a pass interference, and that'll move the the ball up 15 yards. Well, it, it doesn't work that way. Uh, and I and I thought he got, became too zoned in on on David Bell. And this was a game to, to, to be perfectly honest that you know if Rondell more plays, then uh, obviously producing a much better chance has a much better chance to win this game um, than Rondell standing on the sideline. Uh, it doesn't mean they they do, but it forces Northwestern's defense to respect another element of Purdue's offense and you could tell that Northwestern did not respect anything but David Bell uh, on Purdue's offense and to to be honest Purdue did nothing offensively to force Northwestern to earn to respect another area of the game you know they couldn't run it Um, you know the one touchdown they had in the first half the 40 yarder to Garrett Miller wasn't a trick play but it was more of a misdirection it was more of a um, here's here's a new wrinkle type of thing. It didn't, it, while it came out of the basic offense, it it was, again, it was something different, something kind of uh, new and shiny. And, um, and it's not a play that you can run all the time and you're going to have success uh, with it. So Purdue had to do some different things just to generate points and yards tonight. They had to get out of what they normally do because what they normally do wasn't going to work, because the offensive line couldn't get any any push, and O'Connell wasn't looking elsewhere uh, from a from a receiver standpoint. Too focused on David Bell, you know. Milton Wright has had a good start to the season. The tight ends uh, caught a combined two passes tonight. Um, you you got to you do have to spread it around. And you know again, David Bell was targeted a lot in the first two games. He made plays. Purdue was making plays in other areas, so it all fit together. Tonight, you know, it was a different opponent, and it needed to be. It needed to be different. And I, you know, and I think you, sh- you know, part of this and most of it probably should shoulder on Jeff Brom. Um, I think through his career at Purdue, he has been um I think I think he's a he's a he's a really good play caller you know that is his strength there's no question about that but he will abandon the running game quickly you know he doesn't give it i don't believe he gives it enough chance to succeed and maybe it, maybe he saw something that said it wasn't going to work so he had to get out of it and he wasn't going to try it again. Um, but that that's a, I think that's a fair criticism of some of his play calling over, over his tenure at Purdue is he will abandon the running game quicker than maybe he should. And after he has a chance to look at the film and think about it, he will, he will oftentimes admit that. And he has before. It doesn't mean he's going to come back on Monday and it, Admit that he he gave up on the running game too quickly, uh, but he, he he has a he has a trend line of doing it. And again, I'm not sure if he sticks with the running game, how much more they get out of it. But the fact, I mean, I think they. I don't have the, um, I don't have my play sheet in front of me, but I believe. Here it is. Purdue rushed. Their first attempt, their first play of the game after Northwestern scored, their first attempt was a no-gain to Horvath. And then the next one, two, three, four, five, six plays were all passes. So you're already out of whack from a balance standpoint. Then the next time they got the ball, they ran on first down. Milton Wright had a reverse, and then they had an incomplete pass. Uh, and then after that, they got a, they got Xander Horvath in the flat for 18 yards, but then there was boom, 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 three straight passes. Ended up with a field goal. My point is I, I don't uh, – they really didn't string like running plays back to back. Now you can count the Horvath and the Milton Wright in reverse or jet sweep as um, as running plays, which they are. But you know, they'd never really I, I never really thought they seriously committed to trying to run the ball uh in this game. And again, he, the way the way it looked from the sixth floor of the press box, it was you know, I'm not sure anything would have worked in that area tonight. Just because I don't again, I think Purdue's offensive line has done well the first two games. I just don't think that they were they were going to be up for this challenge, and that was one of my key questions for the week: was how would Purdue's offensive line perform against that front seven? And I don't think they performed very well. And doesn't mean they can't perform better against Minnesota, and they should. But um, they didn't. They didn't perform very well. They didn't. Perf- they didn't perform the way that they had played the first um, two games against granted different competition but you know Northwestern gets after you and you've got to you've got to be able to to bring it and string it together and uh, they they were not able to do that uh, you know Northwestern had three sacks tonight four tackles for loss uh, they were able to get pressure you know the strip sack on O'Connell was big Um because that set up a fourteen point lead and basically, in my in my mind, put the game away. Even though Purdue did have a couple chances in the fourth quarter to tie, but you know they didn't. They get they did get it done. But um, you know it's just it's more of a reality check for Purdue. Um, and you know, and now you start you know you look at the bigger picture of this was a big game from a, a conference standings. Standpoint. Try not to say that too fast. Because, you know, obviously a a win by Purdue would have put them in the driver's seat for the Big Ten West. Now, Northwestern and Wisconsin sit in that position and they play next week and it'll be a pseudo Big Ten West championship game between Northwestern and Wisconsin. I mean, Wisconsin just beat the crap out of Michigan tonight, which everybody's doing nowadays, but they still did it. They did it after two weeks off dealing with COVID. You know, I think that says a lot about Wisconsin, but it also says a a lot about where Michigan's program is at right now, not in a good place. So Purdue missed an opportunity tonight, but I I never thought that they were the better team. I never thought they played well enough, Uh, and Northwestern did, Uh, even though they had a couple turnovers. um, I I just didn't think Purdue um, looked like the better team tonight. It was all Northwestern. And I know that's hard for people to digest that, you know, Northwestern has won five straight at ross and, you know, they're, they're now 3-1 uh, and one against Brom. Uh, but th- this is a really, really good program. I mean, it really is a solid program. And I know that they have a baggage from when they were bad and all that kind of stuff. But this is a solid program. Pat Fitzgerald has recruited very well. Um, and and they know the type of kids it, it takes to get in the school, but also that fit in their football program and will do the things that they want to do. And then they added they added the piece, the experience piece of a quarterback to uh, to to the team that could very well put them over the hump and put them in the the Big Ten championship game. Can they you know Can they beat Ohio State if it comes to that? Uh, probably not. And you know they've tried that. You know they were they were in the title game a couple of years ago, uh, but you know it's not you know it's not like losing the Northwestern to Northwestern in the '90s. You know this is a very good team. It's a team you know it's a team Purdue has to beat if it's going to win the West one of these years. Yeah, I mean you, you have to beat Northwestern. You have to you have to start getting some of those wins back on your side. Uh, but you got to do it, and you, and you have to play their game. I mean, you can't finesse them. They're they're not a finesse team. They're going to come after you. They're going to after you hard. They're going to come after you with physical. They're going to talk trash to you, which kind of surprising, knowing Fitzgerald. I mean, Greg Newsom does every time he made a play on David Bell. He was talking to the Purdue bench. Don't know what he was saying, but he he talked a lot. But he backed up his play. And you know they, they that's how they play. And you you've got to you've got to overcome all that. Uh, but you know, Purdue's chances now, winning the West, are, are pretty slim uh, based on, you know, even if Purdue were to win out, which I don't know if it's possible or not, but even if they did win out, you would need, you know, you'll have a loser next week between Wisconsin and Northwestern, but then you would need the winner of that game to lose another game just to get into a a tiebreaker situation and the fact that you lost to Northwestern, you meaning Purdue, uh, that just makes it uh, extremely difficult. You know, I think Purdue's capable of running the table in their last four games, beating Minnesota, Rutgers, Nebraska, and Indiana. But, you know, they're going to have to figure out a way not to fall into being a one dimensional team offensively, and that's what happened in this game Saturday. They Northwestern put them in a one-dimensional situation, but I thought Purdue gladly stayed there. I don't think they tried to fight themselves out of it or push themselves out of it to make them more balanced and make them more of a threat. I think they just accepted the fact that Northwestern put them – in a one dimensional hold, choke hold, and Purdue didn't try to fight out of it. Now again, they did have some success later in the game. Um but w- what's that? You know, is is that a credit to Purdue? Is that Northwestern kind of backing off a little bit and just trying to get out of here with the wind? There's a lot of a lot of factors and and things like that. But um it's a um, I, I don't. I don't think Saturday is a devastating loss. I don't think it's one that um, all of a sudden begins a spiral. But it's a it's a it's a loss to a team that Purdue has struggled to play with uh, over the years, and in particular since Brom got here. And now you face another team that Purdue's had trouble with uh, under Jeff Brom, and that's Minnesota. They they're usually very physical. Uh, they usually bring some of the same ingredients that Northwestern brings, but they are struggling this year. They're struggling in all phases. I think they're last in the nation in in run defense, uh, which you know on paper would uh, allow Purdue to get some of that balance back. But if you don't make better decisions at the quarterback position, um, then it it won't matter. And you know, Brom did talk about after the game potentially making a move at quarterback to get Jack Plummer in there, get his athleticism at the quarterback position, and try to pick up some some yards on the ground. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know if it would would have worked. Um, it probably it probably was warranted, um, and and you don't know. O'Connell's situation as far as is he, you know is he looking for David Bell and then he's covered or he thinks he's covered and then he can't get to a second and third option fast enough um I mean uh, if you're Aiden O'Connell you're going to lean on David Bell just because what David Bell can do but you do have to make sure those other players are involved um, you you know Milton Wright has to stay involved and the tight ends have to stay involved and you have to get the ball to the running backs. You know, Xander Horvath had, I think, what, 10 catches, 91 yards tonight. You know, a lot of that was just trying to generate a running game out, out of a short passing game and let him get in open space. Um, but, you know, it, it's, you know, as I said, missed opportunity for Purdue, but I never thought that they they were the better team at any point tonight and you know they played hard and they they gave it their all but you know i just thought northwestern was better from start to finish and i think they they showed that on the field it shows up on the, in the stats from a from a paper standpoint and that's you know that that was the bottom line i i don't i don't think this was a missed opportunity only because you had a chance to to really move up lead the west control your own fate type of thing. But as far as, you know, Purdue winning this game, I don't think it was a missed opportunity because I don't think they were the better team. I thought Northwestern was better from basically start to finish. And I think they proved it. Well, we appreciate you stopping by um, for the post-game wrap-up of this one. Purdue at Minnesota next week. Try to do it again after the Boilermakers and the Gophers play up in Minneapolis. Until then, or we'll put together another one sometime this week. I'm sure there'll be some news of sorts out there to to talk about. Anyway, have a good day. We appreciate you stopping by, and then uh, we will, we'll talk to you at another time. Thank you.